The Beloved Ministry is inspired by chapter 7 verse 10 of the Song of Songs. I am my beloved's and his desire is for me. Our aim is to help women, whatever their age or state of life, to come to know their true identity as God's beloved. In this season, we are exploring what it means to be in the world, but not of the world. So wherever you are in the world, we invite you to join us. And welcome back to the Beloved Podcast. In this episode, we're returning to our main theme for season four of being in the world, but not of the world, reflecting on Pope Francis's call for everyday saints. Today, our focus is on the world of sports, and I'm delighted to be joined by two women who spend a significant part of their time in sports. So let me invite them to introduce themselves. Let's start with Morgan. So yeah, my name is Morgan. I am currently a neuroscience PhD student. Um, I've played sports probably for as long as I can remember. Um, so I play football. I currently coach an under 14s girls team. Um, and I've probably tried or given all sports at least one go and probably would do anything. Um, so generally quite a sporty person as well. Okay. And Anna. Yeah, hi, um, I'm Anna. I also love football. Um, growing up, I'd play absolutely any sport there was under the sun, um, but football's where I guess my passion lies. Um, but I don't work. I don't work in sport. Um, well, loosely, I work in outdoor education. Um, so trying to get out in the countryside, doing exciting things um, at like a, a faith-based retreat centre. Um, so combining the two loves of sport and faith at the same time. Amazing. That's fantastic. Personally, I find it hilarious that I'm here doing a podcast episode about sports because growing up, I was the least sporty person you could ever meet. I would do anything to get out of sports, literally. In fact, at one point at school, I was offered the opportunity to take Latin lessons and I had no desire to learn Latin, but it was at the same time as PE. So I jumped on that chance to avoid PE. As an adult, I've healed somewhat and now have a better relationship with exercise and fitness, don't worry. But anyway, Anna, can you talk to us about how your work combines your love of sport and your faith? Do you feel like you have a calling to work in sports or outdoor education or yeah? How did that come to be? Yeah, so um, the place that I work is a place that actually was fundamental I guess in my own faith journey um it's like my diocese retreat center um and growing up my my parish was a bit useless for for young people there was just nothing particularly exciting there um my family was a member uh, were members of the lay community of St Benedict which um offered a community that was fun and exciting as a young person but that was only a few weekends a year so I was trying to find any opportunity to find something um, that wasn't like Latin and incense and actually exciting for a nine-year-old. So um, I found I found this place. Uh, it's called Alton Castle and it's the best place ever. <laughs> and um, yeah, unlike I guess other retreat centres, it combines outdoor education with with faith, which is such a unique opportunity. So um, we'll work with young people and we'll take them on uh, mountain biking rides and get back and have a bit of a prayer and then go out and do some archery and then get back have mass and it's such a varied day um I guess in terms of a sense of calling um 
I don't know it's really hard to answer the question of whether you feel I guess called to do something or whether you actually think you've listened to God's call correctly um there's one priest who was on a lay community retreat once who kind of has given me my understanding of what vocation means and um someone asked him well what does it mean like God's not going to ring us up on a mobile so how do we know what to do um and he just said imagine you're God and you're looking at the world um and you're looking at the what you want the world to be like um and where do you fit into God's big puzzle um and I think Pope Francis said something similar more recently which kind of solidifies that what that priest was saying um and therefore what i've kind of based my life on um which is you know encouraging um that i haven't got it completely wrong um so yeah i guess at this moment in my life um working in this place um just feels right it feels like i can give back to a place that was so fundamental for me and to show kids that faith isn't just sunday morning at mass um and it isn't restricted to the boundaries of a church um, and that faith can actually just be a fundamental part of everything that we do um, and just being like being outside and in, in the in creation and being active that just it just gives me so much energy um, so it just feels completely right at this moment in time yeah and I suppose you um, your 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 involvement in and sports and things isn't just through your work right yeah so um, I commit like 10 15 hours of my week to uh, football i play for port vale which is a team up in stoke actually the rival team of the team i support which is uh yeah controversial <laughs> but um it's yeah it's it's enabling me to kind of maintain trying to compete at as high a level as possible um with with work because currently obviously i'm, I'm not paid for football which is you know it would be the dream but realistically it's probably not going to happen um but yeah just being able to play as high a, a point possible and I guess it's interesting to be a person of faith in that environment when it's not a faith-based environment especially when my workplace is um yeah it's cool yeah you, you sort of got one foot in each camp yeah completely like sometimes in the changing room girls are having conversations and I'm thinking wow this is different to what I was doing two hours ago thank you Anna um Morgan how about you do you feel like you calling in in your in what you do I think so um it, it's quite an interesting or at least I've been reflecting on this recently um because I mean getting onto a PhD is hard um so it just felt like a, a journey, really, and and coming into it, like I'd apply it. I will get onto how this links to sports, by the way. But I, I love a story, so this might take a little while. Um, okay. But, um, but so after many applications, basically, and it felt like I was really forcing it, like sending out those applications. What I want to do is research, and you know, going sort of heading into the pinnacle of someone's educational career is kind of what I wanted to do, but that just wasn't happening at all. Um, until I ended up falling into like I sent an application to a job one time and they seemed to like that application and I applied for so many many more and nothing seemed to fit until this PhD had come around applied and it all kind of fell into place um, so it feels like I'm in the right place and sort of there's lots of opportunities for me to be involved in sports having played um, I played football for so long I kind of feel like I'd reached 
the peak of where I was going to reach in football anyway, like having gone through like academy circuits before I went to uni and then and playing at uni and not really seeing sort of an outlet for that in my life. Yeah, but I feel like, yeah, being placed where I am at the moment, being able to do this PhD, I think being at university is a great place because you can, there's loads of different sports you can, well, as someone who's quite sporty will commit to giving anything a go basically. Yeah. Um, but I guess also leaving, I guess competing. I mean, I, there's also the option, like the idea that I didn't really want to just sort of go half-hearted with football either. Like I'd either do it at the level that I wanted to or, or not do it at all, basically. And I think that's where I found myself. So I kind of also, like every player, ends up thinking about coaching. So I thought that would probably be a good idea, um, a good thing to do. Um, and give back again to the, like the sport that I think has given me quite a lot in my life. So did some of my coaching qualifications and found myself coaching like such a range of different people um, from sort of under sevens right through to like an open age women's team, many of them older than me. Um, but currently find myself coaching an under 14s team. And it's really funny how that came about because my PhD supervisor is really into football. So she coaches her daughter's team and she, her one of her younger daughter's team was looking for a coach basically. And I was like, oh, I'll do that. Um, but it's a, it's a really interesting and challenging environment to do alongside like quite a serious technical job to manage alongside maybe playing other sports and doing other things. And then mm. some 14 year olds um, who are an interesting bunch of people, but you get thrust. I think like Anna was saying, sort of hearing conversations in like changing rooms and things like that. You really get thrust, I think, into like, just just society and culture through like a young person's point of view mm -hmm. like all the things that I guess they're going through that maybe I would have but just in a different context so it's quite an interesting place to be but again having reflected on this it's it's a cool place to be called to because I think like you can really I think being a young woman myself really has an impact on on these young girls in ways that I don't think I thought of when I took on the job like I thought mm. you know I'd do an hour of football two hours of football with them a week um and they're just super interested in in me how I engage with culture how I engage with society like what I enjoy doing and things like that and whilst I feel sometimes I'm put on the spot it's like an interesting way to be able to witness um um you know to conversations about you know what I think about the Super Bowl performance or you know they just notice funny things about me like mm. why I cycle everywhere or why I choose to like eat nuts and drink coconut water which is like a bit <laughs> weird and but it's, it's an interesting way to kind of just be authentically like a woman in that space and and I think that's something that isn't maybe very well um I don't want to say documented but not very well publicized I guess through the world of sports like it's very male dominated especially football a very male dominated sport and all of the like main headlines are around men's football it's the most televised um you know uh facet of the sport and things like that and they, they probably don't get exposed to as as much um from women within the sport I mean it's way better than it was when I was younger but I think yeah it's just an interesting place to sort of show them what authentic womanhood is and and yeah. be unapologetic in that but 
also be challenged by that on many occasions. And whilst I'm trying to be authentic, I'm also trying to not be super impatient with them or like, you know, <laughs> a bit snarky with them and things like that. So it's, it's a good challenge, not one that I always win, but um, one I think that's definitely like something that brings me joy in a way um, mm. to be able to sort of, yeah, just be myself most of the time um, and encourage them to do the same, I think. Yeah. So do you think that your voice has an impact on the way that you coach, on the way that you interact with these young women? I think so. And I think it's, it is mainly just about like sort of, I think one thing I always come back to, I mean, they're 14 year old girls with like a whole host of like things going on in their lives. And I don't want to think about what it was like or think back to what it was like being 14, but I don't envy them now. At all. <laughs> so I, I think it does in a sense, because I always come back to sort of this quote by St. Catherine of Siena, which is if you, I can't, I'm going to get it wrong now, but, um, be yourself and you will set the world on fire basically and I think perhaps there's not enough of that message that's out there in society anyway um, but generally these girls who come to play football like perhaps unlike me don't really love the sport they're there because their parents bring them or because their friends from school go you know it's probably for a lot of them the first time that they've ever played football so there's lots of things that come attached to that. Like you have to be really confident to try a new sport. And I think some of them are not. Um, you have to navigate a new social space and things like that. But the really important thing is just to encourage them to be themselves. Like this is, you know, who you are. And kicking the ball a bit funny is, you know, just the least of your problems. Like come here, have fun, like enjoy the time here. And no one's going to scrutinize you for being you know a little bit slow or kicking the ball out or you know all of those different sorts of things and I think you know I'm, I mean that's that forms part of my coaching philosophy when when you go into coaching encourage you to think of one and mainly mine is like let them be themselves and let them connect and if that's with each other if that's with you if that's with the sport and I think it's really important to find avenues to yeah to just help them be who they are and connect to that and then also connect to that in other people which is yeah which probably sounds very wishy-washy like when I go to like coaching workshops and things like that everyone talks really tactically and like we must get them engaged in you know thinking about overloads and underloads and you know all of these different types of things but I'm like well actually you know having a person-centered approach is way more important like especially for girls I think it's about feeling accepted for who you are before you can really excel in something and, and sport's no different and I, I think that's probably the most important way yeah. that I approach it from a faith perspective yeah it's really interesting um Anna how about you I suppose you've got two aspects to it haven't you in terms of how your faith impacts in your paid work um which is obviously a, a major factor but also in terms of how your faith impacts the way that you interact with your teammates for your football team yeah uh, it's a really interesting one and like you said I have a a foot in both in both pools um like every single week um and often flip between the two like every, i mean every day um, or nearly every day um obviously i work it's what i'm paid to do it's a it's a catholic retreat center 24 7 um we might have like the odd team building day that's not faith-based but 
um we live in i live in community we have morning prayer together every day um if i'm on program we'll have like a moment of prayer to end the day together we pray with the young people so prayer is like it's just central like the day revolves around meal times and prayer um and that's that and then you step out in into football and um like for some people in the team faith's important but for most of them like as far as i'm aware um faith isn't a massive aspect of their life but i'm sure it's probably something that lots of them question um but i guess yeah it, it underpins some of the values i guess i'm i'm not really uh, a swearer as such but um, i don't know whether that comes from um faith or the fact both my parents are teachers therefore they couldn't use bad <laughs> language because they couldn't can't embed, embed any bad habits but um also i mean they're 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 strong catholic so um i'm sure it was fundamental for them as well um but yeah like just the kind of approach to um aggression on a football pitch and making sure it is positive aggression and not um anything disrespectful or um anything thing like that like i'm very much the the firm direct but will not swear and will not like accost a referee or anything um <laughs> person on the pitch whereas some of my teammates definitely differ um and it always is the case on any team that i've uh, been on um i guess that was something that um was well was challenging and still is challenging to to kind of get that balance right um to make sure that you're playing competitively enough and with enough positive aggression but without kind of contradicting any values that you that you have and for me obviously faith-based values of of love and respect are um mm. at the very top of of the priority um yeah i guess in yeah. conversation as well as what's happening like in the changing room and things um just trying to avoid um any kind of rabbit holes that i i feel are probably not too um too catholic or too christian to to go down or just to kind of promote a few nicer conversation things and um i guess as well like the kind of role that i play within the team um we have like quite a young squad and um there's a few there's me and a couple of others who are kind of recognized as the people who um have a bit more time and patience and and kind of almost like a mother hen approach to ensuring everyone's like well-being um and just keeping an eye out for people so that kind of role of um yeah and more of a pastoral role um like subtly trying to make sure that like, everyone's okay and how everyone's feeling and obviously like we don't play we don't play professionally um so everyone is balancing the like the commitment to the squad and the team that's trying to grow and really get a, like now has backing from the club which is really positive um and to kind of push it as far as we can but also everyone's trying to balance full-time educational work at the same time or both like um so it's a massive juggling act and just trying to make sure that i guess for me that faith doesn't get lost in the middle of yeah. that um is a challenge but also it's great like oh i don't know i went to training the other week and i was listening to a, a previous episode of this podcast on the way and i was like that's so bizarre like no one else has listened to that on the way i'm sure um, <laughs> but then but then you remember a phrase from the day or i remember a phrase from like the me meditation I've done in the morning and then that will be fundamental in kind of when I really don't want to do the bleep test and it's like level eight and I'm thinking wow I'm unfit compared to what I used to be you just remember whatever phrase it is that's stuck in your head and yeah keep going yeah I think it's really interesting you mentioned previous episodes and I think in some contexts we've talked about people have felt or 
um, it's been very clear it's not possible to talk about their faith in the workplace. Um, I'm thinking um, particularly where I work in a non-faith school or uh, in the NHS where they were saying, you know, we could really get into trouble for saying a prayer in my workplace. I was thinking before we started recording about how perhaps it's slightly different in the world of sport. I'm thinking, you know, even uh, on a national or international level, the sort of rituals that sports people have sometimes reflect their faith. So people will, you know, make the sign of the cross as they run onto the pitch, um, uh, you know, give thanks after scoring a goal or a try or whatever this, whatever sport they're playing. Um, yeah. So do you think, I suppose my question is, do you think it's easier to talk about your faith in a sports context? Do, do you think actually that's me looking at it with a rose-tinted lens? Perhaps there are different challenges. Anna? I think, um, yeah, I think I've never really faced too much, like, resistance to it. If anything, like, I don't tend to make a massive song and a dance about it. If someone, <laughs> if someone asks me where I work, um, because obviously it's I, football isn't my job so people ask I take an interest in others and they ask about me um, I, I never know quite how to explain it because it's like to to give a full description it's a Catholic retreat centre that does outdoor education or a Catholic outdoor education retreat centre and I always get confused and, and lots of the time I'll swing from saying I work in outdoor education to I basically work at Jesus camp and it's <laughs> like trying to judge it based off the person to make sure that they don't just shut their brain and their ears off immediately mm-hmm. um, but also to make sure that they understand that like I don't sit in mass all day but I don't just go on bike rides all day it's a it's a combination of the two and that's often stems to conversation um someone be like oh I didn't know you went to church or some of them also come back with the question of do you go to church then and I'm thinking well yeah I yes I do (laughs) (laughs) several times a week um but it's just general curiosity and actually Mm. I think there's always there's been times when really really good conversations have have come out of it because things have come up like um say when I was uh, under 18s and things and they needed to get to lifts to places because I'm one of five so juggling that is difficult um and I'd had I think one time particularly there was a football tournament up in Lancashire which is like a good two two and a half hour drive from where I used to live and um I had to get a lift because like my whole family was at church um and they weren't going to drive me so I got a lift and then people were thinking like oh why did you get a lift and I was like oh my parents were at church and like, oh you go to church I was like yeah <laughs> and then from that people were like then started to ask questions and then started to be like oh I'm not sure like I never really got into faith and things but um but I was always curious about this and then they'd say <laughs> oh so what do you believe on this and then there'd be an open dialogue there um even if we like disagreed on things or if we did actually agree and they were like, whoa, I didn't realise you could believe in God and also believe that thing that I also believe. So, um, And that was at the side of a football pitch while England were winning 7-1 against Panama and it was like a baking hot day in Lancashire. So we were just watching football because we were on the next game and it was a rolling tournament. So I think it's really, I, I found it really welcoming. I don't, obviously I don't make a big song and a dance about it, but um I think, uh, yeah, I think it is just a very authentic space because everyone is, everyone has something in common, um, but that thing kind of 
doesn't necessarily have like a political or a spiritual standpoint. It's just sport. Um, so it's very much a level playing field on whatever your beliefs are, because people tend to make their first judgments on of each other based on your sporting ability. Um, yeah. So they like if you can pass to someone well so they can score they'll probably appreciate you um mm -hmm. and then they'll probably accept you more for who you are whatever the rest of your life is like yeah how about you morgan i suppose it's it's again you've got your foot in two camps because you're also in the world of science which could be a very different place to talk about faith as well yeah, I was just thinking, I, I don't disagree with Anna. I think it is, like, particularly on sports teams, like, you have such a weird special bond with your teammates. Like, you know, I want to say similar to sort of, like, relationships in the sense of you kind of warts and all, you have to accept these people you haven't chosen um, in some way. And and that's, you know, that's all facets of their life, right? Like, the main thing that you care about really is the fact that you get on well and there's chemistry on the pitch and, you know, you play well together, right? And, you know, that's something I've experienced, like, in every team that I've been in. Like, it kind of doesn't matter about your background or who you are, etc. You you kind of accept all of that about somebody for the sake of this, like, one goal that you have. And you end up spending so much time with each other, at least, you know, when I played at uni or when I played for other teams. Like, you spend, like, five... You see these people five to six days of the week, which is sometimes more than your own family, so <laughs> unless you want to kind of like create your own riffs and things like that, you kind of are very accepting of all of these different oddities that make up these different people. And, and faith can be one of those for, for others. Um, so generally in, in, in teams, that's like something that's just accepted, like, oh, that's cool. And, you know, there's been other teams where I've like been to church with other people, been to different churches with them, like, and, and stuff like that and invited them to like, Cath sock stuff at uni and, and, and things so it, that's been fine I think generally and, and and again I don't think it's not accepted in sort of professional sports like I think you're right to to mention about you know rituals and the fact that they're you know pretty much you know openly accepted by by everyone in the sport I think it's probably the deeper conversations that maybe don't happen so often and even though you are spending that much that amount of time with each other I think it can be difficult and quite exposing again because you're trying to like create social bonds and, and things like that to kind of be what's the word sort of really open and vulnerable about these things that that are an important part of your life um which doesn't mean we shouldn't do it but i think it's definitely one of those that you kind of have to gauge a little bit where people are at people are at with that um and it's the same in science i think generally like whether that's, you know, within neuroscience, sports science, all of these different types of things, I think um, it can be sort of, you putting yourself on the outside can be quite a vulnerable place to be. But I think there obviously are, you know, Christians who are scientists and it just, I guess, takes a case of building those bonds with people to be able to be open about those parts of your life with them. Um, but again, that doesn't have to look like sort of evangelizing at work or evangelizing your sports team and, and inviting them to all the church events that you have going on. Um, it can just be as simple as, I don't know, like kind of what I was talking about with coaching in terms of like connecting with people, like being an authentic version of yourself. Like people, I think generally people notice different things about Christian people, like in terms of 
if it's like not swearing or not gossiping or or things like that and bringing that to the workplace instead um and having that be your witness like you know not getting yeah just not engaging in sort of the general like general work work culture is always let's complain about something let's gossip (laughs) about someone let's offload about this and when you offer a different perspective I think that's that's a good enough witness right like to to not engage those things or and and I think slowly slowly you get to share those other parts why you are like that or you know why you have a different perspective and things like that but it just can be a hard place to get to that point or a hard time to get to that point and it can be a hard place to be for a little while um yeah yeah so would you say that's one of the the challenges for you about living your faith out in these spaces I'd say so and I think like generally I was going to say I think the hard thing about being in academia for the last few years is um being in places for like short amounts of time so like you you're there for like maybe 10 months a year something like that which is not very long at all so to kind of come with your authentic self and sometimes I think you people just need context about you so coming into things I mean like I'm a Christian and I believe this like is sometimes really hard for people to accept but you also don't have the time to really like build up those relationships to then straight away share be vulnerable about why you believe certain things or or what your perspectives are um so that's probably one of the main challenges and then also just it's quite can be quite a hard place to be social anyway like you're very zoned into your own project sometimes you have collaborations but often they're you know quite far flung or just with vastly different people who are interested in in very different things um so even then you're trying to struggling to find the in right like just in terms of being social with them so then to come with I also believe this and I think people have you know these are people that I think value themselves as being quite intelligent and having you know um correct or the right assertions about life and the way things happen so to kind of put yourself at odds is one again a vulnerable place to be but also doesn't open up a conversation like they have categories and concepts for what they think a Christian should be like or believe or act within the workplace so you then put yourself under some like real unwanted scrutiny which Mm. is there anyway because you know sometimes you're you know rubbing shoulders with big wigs and they know lots more than you and you know that's also then I guess an exposing and judgmental place to be in the sense of being someone who's just at the beginning of you know the research career kind of don't want to say the wrong thing or um yeah put them out by saying something that they don't necessarily believe and that that happens all the time like I'll speak to someone about sleep or, or something like that and they'll be like oh that's rubbish I don't that isn't what happens and you're like okay some scientific facts that apparently somebody else has said are wrong so if I have any opinions on this then you, it's just not going to be well received mm. or respected so to then reveal something quite close and important to your life is actually something that is quite feels like an unattractive unattractive mm. thing to do um so big challenges um, in that sense, yeah. Yeah. How about you, Anna? What would you say are the 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 challenge living out your faith in in your sports environment in your? Yeah, I um, I think the biggest one for me is um, logistics, which sounds such, and it's actually like quite a it's quite a good problem to have in terms of on the grand scale of things if that's the biggest thing obviously I feel really fortunate to be in 
to have been in sports teams where like people are very welcoming for the most part like there's always been blips um along the road over the past however many years i've been playing football but um for the most part everyone's been very receptive and like i hope that i'm also receptive to whatever their beliefs are and um whoever they are as well um but like logistics are so so tricky sometimes especially juggling work with faith thankfully work and faith for me are combined but also then juggling like within that making sure that I'm not just leading prayers for the children and not actually having a prayer life myself and that I'm mm. not too worried about oh what's the activity thing and what's the time and what's the meal time and who's needs here and who needs to get where mm. and when and oh and this person's something oh and how can we juggle this um and I'm actually focused on God in the moment um and my relationship with God as well as ensuring that I'm facilitating growth in everyone's around me um so there's juggling like my own faith my work obviously that yeah there's some something there that helps because it fully integrates into my daily life um but also juggling like being uh, at football for like 10 15 hours plus then getting to gym sessions as much as possible or like doing extra sport outside of it obviously my job's very active which is fortunate like it helps for my fitness but um it's not a gym or it's not like I don't necessarily have time because of the nature of our work being residential I can't like leave site and um, while I'm in charge and um, so then you're kind of restricted on that um, and thankfully the club's really understanding that um, everyone like they're not paying us therefore people have jobs and therefore jobs take priority um, and so they completely understand if you can't attend trainings but obviously that gets in the way of your like progression in the sport and um, you're always trying to like have positive competition for places so um trying to figure out like how i'm going to get to church on a weekend and also get to a game but also visit whoever i need to visit also make sure that everything's prepped for the next day also i'm amongst all of this i'm trying to juggle other responsibilities and other aims so obviously i work in outdoor education but i'm also trying to get a mountain leader qualification which requires to go into mountains but i can't go to mountains if my weekend is only two days because I need to be back for football on the Sunday and if I'm going up a mountain on the Saturday how does that affect my legs for the Sunday <laughs> and <laughs> it's all like logistics like this trying to balance and juggle it all and not lose God in the midst of it so I think one thing that benefits the whole thing is the fact that I see God is not something tied to four walls of a church because if it, if that was the case my faith would have been long gone um, the fact that I can sit on the side of a mountain or stand by a football pitch and see God in that moment um, really helps. But I think logistics is its just such a, a juggling act. I do love a juggling act, though. I, I do think I'm quite good at logistics sorting, but um, it's, yeah, I never want to do anything half-hearted either. And obviously that includes faith. So trying to make sure that I'm fully present at everything, but have enough time to be fully yeah. present at everything. I imagine that's probably quite a common thing for sports people because sport be a hundred percent if you're going to succeed in sport. And so that idea of balancing and how does, how does my family, how does my faith, how do my relationships in around sports can be a massive challenge. I think for a lot of sports people. Yeah. Even, and, and I think you're right. Um, yeah. That you can find God in so many different places must be the only way yeah i think like and i think it's so encouraging to to see god in those spaces and i guess for me having 
like spending all day at work in an environment where there's like a cross in every room and we're talking about prayer and we're talking about God um, and you have so many encouragements from that but you're almost like well we're, we're almost spoon feeding it um, and like that's a height of someone's faith experience being able to be on a retreat and to step away from the chaos of life ironically given that that means that our lives are so chaotic because we're facilitating <laughs> this um, and but then being able to go onto a football pitch and see someone do something or see someone progress and see their growth or see them return from injury and with the mindset that they've got or be injured and have a positive mindset and whatever it is like being able to see God in those moments is really encouraging to then feed my own faith but also then the work that I do to offer encouragement and to be like no this is the best like for example we have a we do a simple name game because name games are the heart of all youth ministry and um like one of them is like what's the best day of your life and the best day of my life I always say and I'm like and I'm pretty sure God was there is when I was at Wembley in the summer watching the Lionesses win the Euros and it was the peak of human existence uh, apart from <laughs> Jesus obviously <laughs> but um like just to be able to like share those moments where you just mm. can see glory at work with young people and get them to recognize that you know God is at work in everything everywhere all the time yeah so I suppose you're saying like through the sport through the mountaineering through all the different things you you sort of see God at work yeah 100% and then being able to see that then is so encouraging for myself but therefore encouraging for my work as well um Mm. in the field of faith as well yeah yeah. Morgan, would you say that your experience of, of sports and, and the different elements of your life has an impact on of God and your faith? 100%, yeah. And I was just thinking then, like, you know, going back to training all the time, like, we trained at uni at, like, 7.30 in the morning. We had a gym session at 6.30. Like, those, you don't want to do those things. <laughs> I would, can only do that and you know you're balancing that and your studies for example and all you know like Anna was sharing sort of your social life how can I get this in you know church I was doing CAFSOC at the time as well and things like that how do you fit all of that in without yeah losing I guess a little bit of your faith but what does that then bring to your faith as well like I think all of these things can be really deeply spiritual and you kind of have to allow them to be otherwise they sit on the sidelines and they're not, you know, faith isn't affecting these really, at the time, integral parts of your life. This is how you're meeting people. This is, you know, who you end up sharing meals with. Like, all of these real, like, things have to be in some way spiritualised or contextualised within your faith. But I was just thinking then, so I'm not, I don't want to be this person, but I'm training for a marathon at the moment. <laughs> like, I feel like someone <laughs> slips in every now and again. <laughs> um, but... There, there's been days on this journey where I just have not wanted to get up and run at all. Mm. Um, yeah, but, and fitting that into a whole work day or then coaching or playing another sport or, you know, whatever it is. Like, I can't, for example, thinking about next week, I'm like, oh, I don't know when I'm going to be able to go home and see my mum because i got to get a run in on Sunday and Saturday I'll be coaching the girls, etc. And so I've got to get in, in during the week, basically, in, in, in the mornings. Um, and I was just thinking the other day, I went out for a run and I was just, I remember just being like, I, do, I really don't want to do this, but I've got to. And 
you know, it means I feel really bad about the fact that I'm not going to be able to sit here and pray, for example, before I go to work or I'm not going to be able to get to mass before work because I'm going to be running basically and, and stuff like that. And it was such a deeply meditative experience that I kind of said, well, I don't want to do it, but Lord, you're coming with me and we'll just, you know, have a moment, whatever that looks like. like one, I hope it's a good run because otherwise I'm going to be in a terrible mood when I get back. <laughs> Um, but two, I also feel like I hope this isn't taken away, like particularly with it being Lent as well. Like I hope this isn't taken away from like time that we could be spending together or time that I could be really trying to delve into the scripture or pray a little bit more or be more attentive in prayer and listen more. I hope I'm not missing anything, basically. And like, I went out and came back and I was just like, I don't think I went with any particular intentions of what I was going to pray about or anything like that or what I was even going to think about but just like really allowing sort of God to like tease out what I'd been feeling over the last few weeks or you know how I'm feeling going into the next couple of weeks and things like that and I just came back and it was like wow yeah maybe I don't need things like maths or you know going through a devotional to really feed me through the days like actually this is it like this is my life and Mm. this is the way that I'm going to be able to experience it. And this is authentic. Like this, if I was doing anything else, then it wouldn't be true to where I am at the moment, where I've been placed at the moment. Like I'd be really taken away from this exact moment in this time. Right. And that this is where God's placed me. So I think it's really about recognizing that in moments, particularly when I, when it feels really hard to see them, like it's, you know, six fifty in the morning and it's still pretty dark outside and, you know, it's rained the night before, like all of those sorts of things. Like, yeah, I, I think I share what Anna's saying. I think if I thought church was like between four walls, then I'd really struggle like every day. Um, and sometimes it's a struggle to see that though. And I was just, it was just really nice to have been reminded of, about that. Like this past week kind of, yeah, really felt like it was a grounding experience as well. Thank you so much, ladies, for your time this evening. It's been really, really interesting to hear your reflections on on sort of your faith in the world of sports. I wonder, Anna, if you could finish off by by leading us in a prayer. Yeah. Um, Lord, I just invite you into this space. Um, I, I thank you for um, the wisdom um, as we've shared this evening, but... I pray for everyone um, listening as well. Um, I pray for all those listening who are involved in sport or athletes or coaches or volunteers or um, just starting out on a sporting journey, um, that you just are with them and, and guide them in that. I pray for, for all sports communities, um, whether they're, there's people in them who are really open about their faith or whether they're fundamentally built around faith or they're just a group of people who are starting to get to know each other. I just pray that you're there with them um, as they form those relationships and and compete on a, a court or a field or in a swimming pool, wherever it may be. Yeah, I just pray that you show them as we as we we know from Psalm um, Psalm 4 that we can do all things through Christ who gives us strength and those early morning get-ups or the rainy football matches and the freezing colds, wherever it may be, that we remember that you're with us um, and that, yeah, we were made by you for that specific moment, um, that specific rainy day, that specific long run, um, 
and that we can really glorify you through everything that we do. As you pray in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast. We're praying it blesses you. A massive thank you to Morgan and to Anna for sharing their thoughts with us. Please consider whether you could share the podcast with friends or family. And don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. You could maybe think about giving us a rating or a review. That really helps other people to find the podcast. There's loads of information in the notes of this episode, including the references for the quotes and scriptures Anna and Morgan referred to. And also in the episode notes, uh, which you can find by scrolling down on the episode in your podcast app, are details about upcoming retreats, including the desired retreat in June for those who've already been to a beloved retreat. You can get in touch and join our mailing list by emailing beloved at zioncommunity.org.uk and we'll make sure you're always in the loop. Until next time then, please hold us in prayer as we're praying for you.